Hello and welcome to the Self-Improvement Book Club with Rachel. Today's book is called The Last Law of Attraction Book You'll Ever Need to Read. So I think this book is manifesting that you won't read any other book. But the title caught my eye so I had to read it because I am interested in the techniques of law of attraction or manifesting because I think a lot of the ideas go along with some evidence-based therapy techniques that I personally use. So the basis of this book is that it argues the key to manifesting your desires or that life that you wish to live is to focus on feeling good rather than visualizing your desired outcome. Now you can visualize and there is techniques in the book for visualization, but to really focus on feeling good when you can is a lot of this book's uh, main point behind it. Now the book is divided into three parts. The first part introduces the law of attraction and explains how it works The second part discusses the importance of feeling good and provides exercises to help raise the reader's vibration. And the third part provides techniques for manifesting your desires. So these are techniques you can use. It it really describes them as menu items. So the ones that you feel would work with you and the book really stresses to pick some of the activities that would be the best fit for you feeling good or that doesn't seem like a chore or task to you. So there's a menu item of different techniques that you can use to get the law of attraction to work for you. Now the book also claims that following the techniques in the books that the readers, you guys, can manifest anything you want including money, relationship, health, success. Now I would like to say that one thing I do not think that works with kind of getting you to manifest your goals is thinking about controlling other people does not work, right? So if I want my best friend Sally to act a certain way towards me, I can't visualize Sally all of a sudden being the friend that I want her to be. Because what would happen, I would think, is that maybe Sally would be um, taken out of my life and I'd get a new friend that treats me the way I should be treated. So what, what you can't do with manifestation, in my opinion, is pick how things are going to happen or who's going to do what. It's more about how do I want to feel, how do I want to act, what goals do I want to get to, and you're priming your subconscious mind to see this as your reality, and therefore, it gets your subconscious mind looking for opportunities to get to those goals, to do the things you want to, to feel the way you want to feel. So you can't be attached to the journey or how you're going to get there. You only are thinking about the outcome and letting the journey happen as it should. So it is about letting go of control in a sense and 
just letting it happen as it falls. And this may not be exactly how you think it's going to happen. So my main point here is it's important to note that the law of attraction is a controversial topic because there is no scientific evidence to support its claims. That's why when I read it, I often think of the evidence-based techniques I use with my clients from therapy techniques like CBT, mindfulness, positive psychology, ACT, all these sorts of things that I have learned. And I see a lot of parallels to why they would work. And I'll point that out to you as I go through this book. Now, I want you to know I'm not going to do the whole book today. I'm only going to do the first part, and I'll probably have a follow-up podcast to this book that covers a little bit more because it's just too much to cover in one sitting. But some of the takeaways from the book as a general overview is that the law of attraction is based on the idea that like attracts like. So if you are feeling happy and joyful, you're going to attract more happiness and joy into your life. So whatever you focus on, you attract. So if you're worrying all the time or you have something bad that you're afraid might happen, that thing may happen if you focus on it all the time. So it can work either way. It can work to... um, bring about things you want and it can work to bring about things you don't want. Now this book stresses that positive thoughts are much much more powerful than negative ones. So don't worry if you have negative thoughts because we all have negative thoughts. So just because you have negative thoughts doesn't mean you're going to attract them into your life especially if you're feeling good or having positive thoughts to balance that out. Now, the key to manifesting your desires is to focus on feeling good according to this book. When you feel good, you are vibrating at a higher frequency, which attracts more positive experiences into your life. And I find this true with the techniques in positive psychology, which I'll talk about a little later. But a lot of the first part of this book focuses on how to practice gratitude. And gratitude is is a scientifically proven thing that you can do in your life to create positivity, to help you feel more content and happy in life. Because if we are always focusing on what we don't have, instead of really soaking into what we do have and what we're grateful for, um, it can change a lot in our lives. And that first part of the book, talking about gratitude, I 100% back. I think all those practices are excellent, are good for your mental health. So this first part of the book, which talks about gratitude, um, if you just pick it up for that part, I would say it would be worthy of that. Now, there are many techniques that can help, as they say in the book, raise your vibration, such as gratitude visualizations or affirmations, where you change the way you self-talk about yourself or the way you think about yourself. So those are all good techniques that have been backed by scientific proven techniques in the therapy world. Now, if you want to manifest your desire, you need to be consistent with your practice. Just like an exercise routine you get into that you do, you know, three times a week, 
four times a week, five times a week, whatever your normal practice is, the more you do these things, the more likely you will to achieve your goal. So it's, again, just like the habit books that I have reviewed, it's all about consistency. And that, I think, is one of the hardest things is to be consistent with things or to get into routine. So go check out my other podcasts on habit books if that's where you're having trouble. Because I think that's where a lot of people get a little hung up is on creating the good habits. And one way the book really suggests that you create these as a good habit is that you enjoy doing them. You look forward to doing them. So picking the techniques you like the best would be one way to do this. So the bottom line is habits can be hard to form, but if we enjoy the habit, then that makes it a little easier. Moving on, this book also talks about your ego getting in the way of change. And when they talk about ego, they talk about the part of you that wants to keep yourself safe and that is scared of change. So one reason they say people don't change or they don't get what they want in life is because they're scared of change and change is threatening to their survival. So this is Back to our caveman brain that says any change is super scary uh, and we might not survive it. So let's just keep with the bad stuff in our life because at least it's the devil we know, right? So if you're in a bad relationship or you're in a, a bad workspace or you're in any, any kind of bad situation, sometimes it's scarier to change than to leave that situation or change what is in your life. So oftentimes these techniques are trying to soothe the ego and get it used to change. So when you, for instance, visualize, hey, I'm at a new job, I'm really happy, my boss is treating me great, or hey, I am the boss and I'm running my own company, whatever you want in your life. If you visualize that, it's starting to prime your subconscious mind to be able to accept that as your new reality so that your ego isn't so scared of change. So that's how the book explains the ego and how you're supposed to soothe the ego during these times of change which is why some of these practices work. So I thought the book did a good job of explaining why these things work and being able to wrap your head around it. So some keywords you're going to hear in the book a lot are things like vibration, energy, positive thoughts. So the book says that energy is everything and energy cannot be created nor destroyed. So all you can really do at any moment is transform your energy. An example of this is let's say you wake up in the morning, make your coffee, and you spill it all over yourself. And you're in a state of frustration and you start thinking negative thoughts like, oh, this day is already crap and it's going to just fall apart. And that can spiral into more negative thoughts, into more negative things happening. So that energy might be lower on what they call the vibration scale. So that energy then is a low vibration energy. So if you can be mindful of your thoughts and energy, then you have the power to change it. So you spill the coffee on you and you get frustrated because that's a normal, natural thing 
to get frustrated at that. But you say, oh, I'm frustrated. That's okay. Let me get my frustration out. And then I'm going to change my energy into positive one. So you could maybe take a few minutes to deep breathe or visualize something positive or listen to your favorite music and that then shifts your energy. So it's not like you don't have any energy, it just shifts into different forms. So hopefully that makes sense. But that takes mindfulness and mindfulness is everything. It's to recognize where you are and be able to shift gears. And that is not denying that things will happen to you because guess what, we can't all be in a positive state at all times. I promise you that is not the goal because we're going to have things that happen to us that bring us grief or get us upset or get us sad. And it's not about not feeling those feelings. It's about feeling them and then shifting gears if needed. So to recognize, hey, how much time do I need to get this out? And certain things take a lot longer, like grief. That is a big process. That is low on the vibration scale, but sometimes we have to be down there because grief is real and grief is something we have to process. At least that's my take. This is not in the book, Um, but I don't think we can just get through life without having negative things happen to us. It's about balancing the positives with the negatives. And this book says you can feel good about anything. So that's changing your energy or your vibration. You could just as easily focus on feeling good about pancakes you had for breakfast and remembering how sweet they taste, the warm butter on top of them, and feeling how satisfied you are. So feeling good about anything puts you in what they call the receiving mode for getting everything you want. And remember, luckily, positive thoughts are way more powerful than negative ones. And remember, this is really good news because you're not going to be happy all of the time. So let's get into the techniques of how you can feel good whenever you want to. The number one technique is to focus on a thought or a memory. So anything that you felt good about in the past, you can relive if you remember it. So if that brightens your mood, then go back and surf through your thoughts and bring back a memory that makes you feel really good, especially when you notice your worry, concern, frustrated, or impatient. Another thing you can do is a random act of kindness. These don't have to be difficult and they don't have to cost you money. You don't have to buy the person behind you a $8 Starbucks, but they can be something that you enjoy And anything simple will be fine. Even telling a stranger you think their dog is so adorable counts, right? So you're just passing on something nice. Or you tell them their outfit is killer and that they have great fashion sense. It really brightens someone's day to get a compliment. So anything you can do as a random act of kindness, holding the door, anything helps. Another technique is watching a funny or positive video. Hey, positivity, just like negativity, is contagious. So if you've ever been with someone that's complaining all the time or super downer, we kind of feel yucky after that. And the same goes if you're with someone uplifting, then you feel really positive, like, hey, I can do anything. That person was really spirited. So pick an inspirational video or someone you like to listen to and listen to it or something funny. 
hey, you know I love cats, so cute cat videos are a, a good go-to for me. And next is take a walk in nature if possible. This one works for me personally because I love to bird watch. We have a lot of big giant birds in my neighborhood. We have a lot of crows, hawks, all sorts of neat birds. They do crazy things. Um, the little birds will swoop down and attack them to keep them away from their baby birds. And I just, I just love watching nature and how it interacts. And it, it really gets me out of my worries and my thoughts. So that one works for me. I love nature. Going for hikes, going for runs, things like that can be really great. And it's not expensive, right? Sometimes you have to drive there if you're not near nature. I happen to have good woods in my backyard, but, um, if you're not near nature, sometimes it takes a little time to get there, but otherwise it's usually free. Another technique to feel good is expect good things to happen, but don't put a deadline on it. Like, oh, I need to get this amount of money by this time. That, that gives you more worry and stress, right? Just believe that good things can happen, that no matter how difficult life gets, that good things can always be around the corner. So expecting them to happen is not ridiculous or unreasonable. Like believe in miracles, right? Believe things can happen. Another technique to feel good is simply smile. Just smile. And that raises your happiness. It raises your good feeling chemicals in your brain, all that good stuff. Another technique is to write down what you want and focus on why you want it. So sometimes we say, oh, I want that expensive car. But why? Why do you want that expensive car? Is it a status symbol? Do you want people to be jealous of you? Or do you want it because you like the feeling of going fast? So when you think of the why and explore it further and really understand why you want something, then it can be more powerful. And the bottom line is all these techniques for making yourself feel good will lead to more positive things in your life. So this is the summary of the book, a few main points, and then I will be giving more podcasts on the different techniques in this book next week or the week after. So please look for that and I will continue on reviewing this book and I hope you enjoyed. Keep reading and I'll see you next week on the Self-Improvement Book Club.